0: So it looks like, um, in a way, I mean, we're still we're still dealing with COVID words, but the energy has shifted because um, suddenly um, yeah. people have broken out of their homes and they've flooded the streets and they're giving vent to a whole bunch of, of frustration and rage, it seems like.
1: Yeah, and you know, the trigger point was the Minneapolis event, of course. But uh, you're right. It's sort of like this was talked about in the Venus retrograde, Neptune, Mars square period, you know, of June at a, uh, some precipitating event could set off a whole outbreak of stuff, which it did. Mm-hmm. And so that sort of claimed the atmosphere, as it were. Right. So I was looking back at some of the words that theoretically apply to either situation. Because although something as, for instance, we were talking about disruption before, and of course, the pandemic has been disrupting and now has the whole, as we say, tone of the conversation has been disrupted by this new set of events. Unfair advantage came to mind as I was considering the unfair advantage and distraction, which kind of came out of my reflections on some of the political underpinnings of the handling Uh of of the pandemic. Distraction. Because initially, uh, you know, the pandemic and now the pandemic and being slightly trumped media wise by the, by the outbreak of protests around the country, distraction is a drawing away one's awareness or the awareness of one or more people from where the attention had been before. So distraction has been used to create unfair advantage by any number of parties, our leadership in Washington, of course, jumps to mind right off the bat, but also are being distracted by the coronavirus and its sort of um, overtaking, you know, where we're where we were putting our attention is created and was used to unfair advantage by commercial interests, companies, corporations, uh-huh. uh, advertising people. Uh huh to draw our attention, drawing our attention away from perhaps a healthy, coordinated, compassionate response to the the disease by suddenly making it seem that buying their products was some way to do that. Right. So a a populace that is distracted from its real purpose can be manipulated to give an unfair advantage to, as I say, perhaps a merchant, perhaps a politician that would otherwise Uh have to justify on its own merits product they were selling.
0: Right. So, so could we talk about the word attention? Yes. Because it seems to me that this is really a question of atten- attention. It's a, a, it's attention in the sense of any person focusing their attention on one thing or another. And then there's the and and then there are the powers that be that want you to focus your attention where they want you to do it. Yeah. So, and and I believe personally, I believe that attention is the most precious gifts that we have to give anything or to give anyone.
1: Correct. Yes, I'd agree with you that the uh, attention that is bringing all the potential offering creatively, compassionately, the inclusion of attentive consciousness to a situation is indeed the greatest value we can bring to any situation. And to have that attention manipulated or drawn to a place where someone else with a different motive is trying to get us to put our attention on, therefore, you know, creates an unfair advantage, unfair advantage of attention
0: and where it's directed. In a way that that goes back to what we talked about when we talked about deception too, because there's there's a similar dynamic involved.
1: Yeah, a sleight of hand, or in this case, a sleight of thought.
0: You know, as a sidebar, as a sidebar, it's. Uh, one of the, one of the uh, things that Gruber linked to in that essay was um, uh, some video that's kind of gone viral now. It's a video of a guy who was riding a bike in Philadelphia on Sunday, I guess. And he had a helmet webcam on. And so he, he recorded as he was driving through Philadelphia, and it was in the middle of, the, of this looting episode. Um, and you could see, I mean, there was glass all over the streets. The, the there were People were running out of stores with goods and, you know, brazenly taking things. They didn't care if anybody saw them, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And this guy just rode through about maybe 10 blocks of Philadelphia where, you know, more or less activity was going on. But the thing that Gruber said, and this is really interesting because this is—maybe that wasn't the same episode. Maybe it was the next one. He said, you know, what happened was that in Philadelphia— Um, The day after all that happened, the whole city came out and cleaned it up. Ah. He said he and his wife went for a walk. This was on Wednesday. He and his wife went for a walk, and it had all been cleaned up. And it wasn't because public services got in there and cleaned it. It was because the people of Philadelphia came out and cleaned up the streets. It's interesting.
1: A lot of that's taking place out here, too, in Los Angeles, our neighborhood. And it's part of a spontaneous coming together where people are putting their attention during these times of, of protests, where the cameras, the news cameras, uh, the on the street telephone shot videos, etc., when the photographing of the looting was going on, the response to it, like like you said in Philadelphia, the response was not that the attention was then drawn to crime and punishing criminals and that sort of thing. It's like there was there was an intention, or the attention of the people who were protesting injustice included acting together to maintain order, including things like in one instance here there was a policeman who in response to looting going on in a certain area, was, was uh, moving with, I guess, one of his groups of fellow officers on a patrol and he somehow got separated and then was started to be threatened by some people who were, you know, looting and stealing and because he was isolated by himself on a street block and a number of the peaceful protesters gathered around him and protected him from any possible harm by the looters. Wow. Yeah. So the attention that was behind the protests about injustice, the attention was really on justice and injustice in in all forms. Certainly, it was the protest against the police action in Minnesota, but they were—they kept their attention on justice in all forms. And while, yes, some looting took place, I suppose at the end of the day, it was nothing compared to the watch riots of the 60s or the, the Rodney King looting episodes of 1992 mm-hmm. out here where a guy riding his bicycle down the street with a GoPro video camera on his helmet. If he were doing that in 1992 in West Los Angeles, he would be likely to a be, be in trouble soon. Yeah. yeah, he'd be a casualty. Yeah, he'd be a casualty in no time at all. Many people were. So attention, when it's founded well, is incredibly strong. It is protective, it is healing, and it adheres to, represents the truth of the issue, despite the seeming goings-on of, of things that would be against that. So the power of attention is something we should all consider in this and that attention is, of course supported as you said by the camera work uh, perhaps by people's discussion by hearing themselves out loud on the street being interviewed by news people
0: mm-hmm. I like it because attention is something that we actually ultimately we, we do possess control about our attention um, we can right. choose to turn off we can choose to turn off the television we can choose to turn off the devices um, or we can choose to take what the information is that comes in through those devices and put our attention on it in a disciplined way rather than just kind of automatically pushing on a button and saying, I think that's terrible.
1: Yeah, and we have the option because we have choice. It's consciousness at work. We have the option, as you say, to put our attention in various places. We have the option of representing, like establishing where our attention is coming from. So if our attention is grounded in the truth of a situation. The justice, which we know must exist, if we're so often and so widely clamoring for it, there is there is that aspect of attention as our consciousness that is it includes everyone because the consciousness does not leave anything out. Consciousness at large. Yes, we have the ability to be exclusive with our consciousness, but our consciousness as consciousness knows that it's not exclusive; that it is inclusive, and to come from that point where it is inclusive, all present and total and whole, therefore balanced in its abstract, its basic abstract assumptions. That is, It is principled in its abstract assumptions. When we come from that place in our consciousness, not from a place of our particular egotistic desires or the prejudices of our upbringing, when we come from the height of the truth of our consciousness, it is inclusive and and principled. It's a power that constantly surprises us.
0: Yes, indeed. And and, uh... The practical part of it is that there is an act of discernment involved. It's an act of paying attention to your attention, <laughs> if mm-hmm. you would.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
0: So, I mean, on a very practical level, you can say, well, okay, I'm not going to respond to this Twitter feed right now. I'm going to s- sit down and meditate on what's at issue here uh, rather than, you know, automatically punching a button. That's, that's one kind of thing. Yeah, and then there's the other kind of thing, which is to actually take it into your consciousness and try to get to the root essence of what's really going on with what your senses are telling you, as we you know we talk about in translation class.
1: Yes, in a way of, of, of understanding at the level of essence what justice is, perhaps.
0: And be, and be, and because consciousness is so uh, is universal, it means that when. One of us comes to an understanding of justice as a universal reality, mm-hmm. then, then that universal reality is understood at the unconscious level by probably the entire population. You don't know. But it is, at any rate, there's, there's the one person understanding the principle of justice and seeing that it cannot be abrogated at all, ever, uh, makes mm-hmm. a difference for the whole. It makes a difference for the rest of, of our community
1: yes it does indeed yes indeed it does and when the comments are being made say on media or when we're seeing images by camera it's a, it's like a it's like a dialogue and consciousness about justice and what is true of it. What's what's really so of it. And so yes, when we, we arrive at a principled sense, a universal sense of the principle of justice or what we whatever it is we're putting our attention on, then it resounds in what we see on television. It resounds in what we're hearing from people. And we can see we can we can hear what makes real sense according to principle and we can discern what not to be drawn to because it doesn't conform with universal principle.
0: So we have a, in a, in a, it's a matter of inoculation or vaccination, as we spoke about a couple episodes ago. Uh huh. Yeah. You know, once you, once you've ascertained that in your consciousness, you don't get dragged into the other stuff because it shows up and you say, uh, uh-uh, no, no.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we can arrive, we we can, at that point, we can be in the middle of a downpouring of mixed, possibly for some confusing, misinformation, and literally be able to see our way through it, pass between raindrops, so to speak. And it's a big difference in terms of real experience, whether you're able to pass between raindrops of misinformation or whether you just get wet.
0: Right, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's an awful lot of raindrops misinformation out there.
1: (laughs) I'll just say it. There sure is. So (laughs) it's a good time to pay attention to our attention. Uh, One of the things that the instantaneous communication we've evolved to, whether it's audio, voices, people commenting, pictures, one of the things that uh, accessed so much information so quickly, it's one of the things that gives me hope, of course. The more we make a living reality of the universal availability of information about anything, the more our collective attention will be, be able to arrive at something that is coherent to the whole body.
0: Yes, I get the sense that as a civilization, we are kind of learning how to use an extra neural network. Yeah. And it's almost like a child that doesn't know how to use its legs yet. It's
1: young. It's young. Yeah. We're in the, we're in the early stages. You know, the Internet is really still kind of new in, in regards of how we're coming to use it, understand it and understand ourselves. And there's a, as you said, there's a lot of possibly confusive, possibly manipulative, easy to be distracted by kinds of information out there. But consciousness is implacable in a way. Yes, Because all of this represents evolution and consciousness, the principle of consciousness that's animating us all, it, it just demands to know. It just demands to know the nature of consciousness. Mm-hmm. nature of mind demands to know what it what is what is so and and if we can follow that imperative I guess use make our choices based on following that imperative we might get through this I'm a little bit of a pragmatist when I say might <laughs> right
0: but consciousness
1: yeah. is consciousness is going to get through it Right, it exactly and I think that for everything we say we love about other people in our lives and our highest sense of ourselves this is what we need to put our attention on constantly day in day out mm-hmm it's something that if you sat down, whether you put a, a billionaire who made another $2 billion in the coronavirus crisis or the, the nurse at the other end of the continuum who's making $30 an hour to risk her life every damn day handling coronavirus patients, if you ask them to be as honest as they can about what they really hope, we all hope for the same thing, happiness, a life that has meaning. And it's and it's something that we can, we've got to do in consciousness or we'll never get do it.
0: Yes indeed. And so then that's the attention that gets distracted in a way because things uh glitter and uh, glow and promise us to give us happiness, right? Uh-huh. And they're false friends, they're liars. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. There's
1: no there's no answer in that dimensional world of, of phenomena.